Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome once again, or for the very first time, to Cult Following. If you live in the Phoenix Arizona area, we are your non-stop only and best source for film criticism, film discussion, and all things pop culture and collectible here at Cult Following. I'm one of your three hosts, Victor Moreno, along with Kirby Nelson and Joshua T. Ruth. Gingerbread T. Ruth. Gingerbread. Here at Cult Fallen, we love to talk movies, TV shows, toys, and everything that a mature man-child loves. We're explorers in the deepest reaches of celluloid, angels to some, demons to others. Find us wherever fine podcasts are bought and sold on iTunes, Google Play, and on cultfalling.co where we review movies and you can find our archives. Also, give us a like or a subscribe on iTunes. We would much appreciate it. In this edition, episode 94 of Cult Following, we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into what we've been watching. We're here in the nadir of 2018, the end of the year, the deep end, you know, the rear end. I don't know. I could start <laughs> doing anal jokes, but we, I think we're all ages. Where, where, where's the duodenum of the year? Right. That's exactly. a word you don't hear every day. We, we are we are in uh, 2018's sphincter right now. Yes, exactly. Or hasn't it all been I'm a sphincter? I'm pretty sure I offer enough fucks on this podcast <laughs> to uh, keep it rated R. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rated hard Let R. me give you hard a rim R. shot for that rim job. Hard oh, R. Nice. There we go. Get it, rim job? We're in the... Never mind. All right. Well, that's even... enough ass play. <laughs> oh! Oh. oh. Well played. Yeah, all right. Well, Snoop Doggy Dog style. There, do that. <laughs> we're done. All right, so we're going to talk about the movies that are hitting your movie theater, Metroplex, Multiplex, Cinemark, Draft House, whatever you may have. <laughs> Throwing out some love for Cinemark. Nice. Dude, I don't know. I feel like that's the random thing that came up. Yeah. I was going to say Cinnabar, and then I thought Cinnabon. <laughs> and then I started thinking of Cinnabon, bon, Cinnabon, bon. Oh, speaking of, Mike Doughty's going to be, not that song, but he's going to be playing all of Ruby, Ruby Vroom at the Crescent. That's oh, awesome. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, I mean, that's easily Soul Coughing's best album. Yeah. Although it is not the one with Super... Uh, Bon Super Bon Bon. bon. Or That's right. Cinnabon Bon. Cinna- yeah, we're just throwing out the now 90s I want Cinnabon. references. 90s references. Let's just do like a stream of consciousness about like, this word reminds me of this word. Let's talk about this. I swear this is, aren't all our episodes stream of consciousness. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Part, we are. Right? Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, let's let's get started. I noticed uh, Kirby's been like uh, throwing up reviews on the old cultfalling.co left and right. Nice. See, I've been trying. Um, let me see here. I've been backtracking here how many I put up. Talked about Overlord already, so it was on the possession of Anna Grace. Which is also known as Cadaver. Yes. I, I'm gonna say this. We That's were, a better title. We were in LA like uh like a couple weeks ago, um, and we were looking for a movie to watch. We almost went to go see El Angel and then we're like, Oh, this movie looks interesting, Cadaver and then because it came up as Cadaver on my phone. And I'm like, this sounds like the possession of Hannah Grace. And I click on Cadaver. It is the possession <laughs> of Hannah Grace. So tell us what Cadaver is all about. Well, you already read the description. Or like, this sounds like the autopsy of Jane Doe. Right. So, or the exorcism of Emily, Emily Rose. Rose. Like, uh, yeah. yeah. So, I just love the trailer. It's like, cause of death? Exorcism? <laughs> Way to be confident in your job, coroner girl. <laughs> <laughs> cause of death? 
heart attack? <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, it was. It is her first day in the movie. Just, oh, just right. throwing it out. There. All right. right. So it, actually, it, I think technically it's her second day when she encounters Hannah Grace. So I will say, I feel like this is like a burgeoning subgenre now, the uh, haunted corpse. Because I was watching Shudder, and there's like also a movie that's very similar called The Corpse of Anna Fritz. Oh wow. Yeah. So is that what this is? This is like a morgue movie or something? Yeah, it's it is the uh, it's like well we're gonna do because I mean the whole thing is, is that there's no spoiler alert here. The first five minutes are the exorcism, and then yeah. that's it, oh, okay. and then it goes straight into the, the exorcism um, is just the beginning, just the beginning. Exorcism um, now, now, now only exorcism hut. <laughs> exorcism hut. So she said, "It's good. Yeah. I like it." Spirits uh, exercise in 30 minutes here. Money back, babe. <laughs> it's pretty much, yes. No bio-exorcism here. <laughs> just just the classic. But it was, um, you know, it's not the worst one I've ever seen, especially. I'm sure I could venture onto Shudder or Amazon Prime to see uh, probably worse examples. But it's just one of those ones that, I mean, it's heavily aping the autopsy of Jane Doe. Um, a lot of these movies actually also really remind me of, it's unbelievable. I didn't completely forget the Lazarus effect. Oh, but it's God, all, that movie is so bad. But yeah. it's also a lot like that. So, um, it, someone it's, comes back from the dead wrong. <laughs> Jeez, I wonder. Right. You don't have to, Go you don't figure. have to say anything. Yeah, Nobody I really ever don't. Comes because back from the dead it right. pretty much just, you know, speaks for itself. But, you know, the one or two qualities of the film, unfortunately, just aren't enough to keep it going. And it's, um, I mean, I can't recommend it. I mean, there's really, I mean, like I can sit there and go in and talk about it, but it's not just going to be subject to like Punapalooza, but it's just, since we're on that track, but it really just isn't a particularly, um, g- good movie. It's not even really, there's, not a lot to talk about. It's like it's, that one is one that as, as soon as it got out of it, I pretty much forgot the movie. Like they could have done a little bit better, and there was some interesting the subtext. I mean, it's standard, but it worked. And then they just completely, you know, screwed the pooch as usual. So because they, you know, not only between the the jump scares and uh, I, I always think now of a uh, uh, good bad flicks. He calls uh-huh. them bagul scares. Uh, yeah, whenever totally. the the bloom house. Right. pop up jump scare thing it's the and i'm worst. like it's such a crutch too you know and they like always like shoehorn it in and it's like this would have been literally so much better if he just didn't do this shit yeah exactly and it just hit that point where i'm like it's not as overabundant as some of those movies but it's just you know there's there's no there's no deep cut or there's no any kind of real substance it's just you know, a standard kind of date movie or whatever sure. way you want to look at it. It's just, yeah, but you know, didn't didn't absolutely hate it. Just didn't think much about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I I swear there for like as many good horror movies as come out this year. There's just like this like list of like why the fuck did this even come out? Movies that sounds like one of them. I, I still because they cost no money. Well, to yeah, make. I still think my grand champion of that shit is going to be Bloomhouse's Truth or Dare at the end of the year. Mm. I laughed a lot. Truth or dare, at least it's kind of like uh, what was it? A Bet you that movie ago? made its money, though. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah, that movie. Well, even cost Hannah nothing. Grace already made its money yeah. back. It's oh, the, yeah. the even marketing, but it's the question of is like with Truth or Dare is kind of like the same thing a couple of years ago with Wish Upon. I actually at least oh, laughed. God. I like I had fun. I thought it was a funnier movie, and I don't just mean like some MST3K kind of way. Like it actually had better sense of humor than it did of horror. 
So I was like, this is actually, you know, I, I can, I can take this for what it is. But the, um, you know, a lot of the movies this year, I mean, you know, people, of course, are already asking me, you know, as we're winding down, we'll be premiering in the new year with our, uh, best of the previous. It's like horror movies. Yeah. There's a few on that list, but there's, I mean, to, it had to dredge through a lot this year already. Yeah. Like it's going to be really hard to say that. Oh, yeah. Of course, it doesn't. It doesn't hurt that like you cover all of them. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, and you're I the one, you've written so many reviews of like middling horror movies well, this year. I just yeah, and I, I've turned it into a craft. It's oh, a Kirby no, no, no. speciality. Yeah. Before you go away, I did take one bullet in the shitty horror movie section. <laughs> ah, that's yeah. All right. Um. So I saw this movie, <laughs> and it's called Look Away. All right. All right. So I've here's already the, forgotten that here, title. Here's the uh, here's the <laughs> here's the description. Maria. A rejected teenage girl okay. forms a relationship with a mysterious mirror image of herself to escape from the torments of high school and her alienating parents. Through the looking glass, she finds a friend who listens, encourages, and guides her. With the help of her secret twin, Maria slowly gains confidence and finds her place as a young woman. So that sounds like some lifetime shit, I was going right? to say, no, like, no, no, actually, gonna, that no. could be a good movie. No, it does. That is not this movie. I, I just want to say, when you're reading that, in the background, all I can hear is, Crawling in my skin! <laughs> oh, right, yes. Oh, yeah, no, I yeah, encourage absolutely. you and the listeners that, to uh, watch that the trailer for yeah. this movie and say, how the fuck did they get this description <laughs> out of score that? score by Evanescence. Yeah, yeah the score is definitely by yeah, Evanescence. Yeah, no, there's totally a new metal score to it. <laughs> oh, oh sweet. All right, series. so, like, this, this girl, her name, the, the main girl, she's played by uh, India Isley, who I guess is a Disney girl. Okay. All right. And, um, yeah, basically, uh, you know, she moves to a new school and her dad is Jason Isaacs from Harry Potter. Oh, and, well. I mean, he's at least always good. Is oh, he at least good in this? Yeah, yeah, you know, for the weird. Yeah, he's like a plastic surgeon who's always second guessing her. Right. And then, like, her mirror self, uh, Iram, which is Maria backwards. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mind I, blown. As, as her life keeps getting instant worse. Iram takes her place and then she won't give it back and then there's like this weird sexual incestual subtext with her father gross and then her mother is Mira Sorvino oh where's she been uh, apparently getting a lot of bad plastic surgery oh no and then it becomes like Orphan or any of those other movies where she secretly gets revenge on everybody who's wronged her it's like a big Carrie ripoff it's like oh my god teen's getting revenge and all I kept thinking is like god this is like the wish upon section of the of the red box, right? Yeah. Well, there's yeah. always going to be yeah. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Although it has now... red box. That that's that's another reason yeah. these movies. But are made. like seriously, I think the thing that kept making me laugh watching this is like as she becomes more and more isolated, like her mirror self keeps trying to, you know, just like, just trade places with me. I love you. And there's like at least three scenes in this movie where she's making out with a mirror. Oh, no. Not even like the CGI thing they did on The Good Place last uh-huh. week. No, like she's kissing a mirror. It's... Like actually kissing just the mirror? That's like better. full Mary Catherine Gallagher? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, yeah. Uh, so there you go, folks. If you're right. looking for a bad movie night, look away. Hey, this has been your, your bad movie corner. Yeah, I got. we got to do a Joe Bob. Can I start doing show. a crowdfunding for a, a Redbox horror movie with Molly Shannon? Oh, can I please do this? I please no. When we eventually that? like do a Patreon, we're just gonna like pick shitty movies and watch them and just talk over them. Like, what go. the fuck is going on here, people? I don't yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get the oh, so uh, 
I took my first trip to Alamo Tempe, actually. I hadn't, oh. I hadn't actually been there yet. Uh, for the one night only director's cut screening of the house that Jack built. Which, which apparently got IFC in a fuck ton of trouble, I heard. Yeah, the um, the MPA was not happy about them screening an unrated movie without any kind of approval. And so I guess they got fined for it, uh, IFC did. But, uh, you know, it. as I understand, the running, minute, uh, the running time was an additional 20 minutes, roughly. I couldn't tell you what that additional 20 minutes is. Mm-hmm. I haven't even bothered to read it. So... Uh- I actually have multiple questions, but sure. like I was just wondering. So the I thought that like you could have movies non-rated. No, what it is is they submitted the movie for rating. Okay, yeah, it got mm-hmm. a rated R. Then they did the stunt where they were going to show an unrated version like a couple weeks beforehand, right. but they didn't get a waiver from the motion. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant to say. Okay. A waiver, yeah. which is like fuck you. You can't show it unless uh, with an MPAA thing unless you show it with the rating we give you. Right. Yeah. yeah, interesting. And then, so my other question: I don't. What's uh, what's the house that Jack built? It's a new Lars von Trier movie. Oh, yeah. great! So it's one of those ones. I I like Lars von Trier's movies, not all of them. I don't, you know. So it's one of those ones where I just, you know, more it was the lure of the one night only director's cut to yeah. give it a try, yeah. not the desire to actually see the movie that much. Sure. And it's you know it's it's the standard stock. I and I, I literally just posted the review, so it's up now on callfalling.co. But it's one of those. How did this well, one show his hate for women? What's the basic like plot of the movie? Well, no, it's basically it's in five five uh, incidents, and it's basically you have a disembodied narrator who does it, it, the you know uh, the instead of him talking to himself, he's talking to the Verge. Um, so in the what? Verge is the name. V e r g e is the name of the narrator. The oh, not, not the website. No. Oh, no. okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, Verge is who Jack talks to. I mean, it's basically the way I describe it in the thing is is Matt Dillon doing his best Frank Zito, uh, which is Joe oh, Spinell's like character from Ma- yeah. Maniac. But it's then it's trying to be like super art house and like this philosophical. Nietzsche meets Dante's Inferno. I mean, it literally goes into the full Dante's Inferno thing without giving too much away. But it's just one of those films where, you know, it's not one of those movies where I I literally have no uh, real, like, there's no connection. There's no anything. It doesn't have the, the, the beginning, the first 45 minutes of the movie is is great because it plays almost like a mockumentary like he's like the worst serial killer ever he fucks up everything like almost like slapstick in a way like Mm -hmm. i i almost describe it as like christopher guest trying to make like a brutal serial killer movie Mm -hmm. like because he you know the guy he just doesn't do anything right that sounds like a good movie yeah and then it's and if they kept going that direction this probably would have been in my top five of the year because it would have been a great um uh you know, kind of a, a meta film, like a scream or something. I mean, it would have, I, I haven't seen any film done like that style. So, but of course, it, it's just one of those things where it just gets, like, I always use this, but I really mean it. It's like masturbatory. It's just where it, it hits this point where it's like, a I got it. Yeah, right. I know, exactly. It's no. just, it goes so deep into the thing. I mean, it's why I didn't like movie a, snob one. Yeah. But I don't like these these kind of movies where they just constantly like this film goes on so long. It's it's well over two and a half hours with the 
I think it's two hours and twenty minutes for the direct or the theatrical, and two hours and forty minutes. They should have just split it in two movies, like *Nymphomaniac*, right? Yeah, or something like it should have been an hour and a half at the most, hour and forty minutes, and it would have gotten the job done. Um, for the misogynistic, you know, I wouldn't consider this anything different than *A Maniac* or *American Psycho*. I I just don't feel that that's there. It's just that. That's it's just unfortunately it comes from Lars von Trier as such, who's like almost every single one of his films is. Well, I just what I'm saying is is that that is how most serial killers are. Right. I mean, people prey on women because they are usually much easier sure. victims. So I mean, there's there's not much to say there. It has a great opening with Uma Thurman as the first victim that we're introduced to, and she basically like realizes she is, the guy is there's something most definitely off. Like almost like, hey, you're a serial killer. So and this is Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon playing the serial killer. Yeah, and he does it. Well, the whole point is, is that you know he, he can't do a full Patrick Bateman. He can't do the complete like he's bumbling, and yeah. that's what I'm saying. That part is great. Like where you see him as such a, you know, he makes so many mistakes. He's such a failure. It's great. It's it's also very realistic in how how real crime happens. Yeah, and this takes place in really the 70s violent? and 80s. Yeah, it's very it's very violent. Of course, um, uh, a plus side for me is children got killed, so oh, nice. I enjoyed that a lot. Be special, but I, I um, but the the other deaths, the first few are pretty. I mean, a couple of them are kind of short, and a couple of them are are more elongated, but they're all just very standard. And then, of course, the kind of grand finale. Again, I'm not going to give anything away. It just the the last half of the film just goes into this thing where you're like literally looking right, at your watch right. it's just like okay you 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 made a very generic exploitation film in the end that you're trying to dress up like some kind of art house exodus and it's not so it's just one of those films where i mean like i enjoyed it but i didn't it's not a film i'd really want to watch again in fact i think my parting words for the reviewer you know they just released the 40th anniversary of maniac go buy that as opposed to this is a you know this is a rental you don't ever yeah. really need to watch this it's one of those ones that you know, yeah, who cares? I've seen a few people, uh, a few different local critics, tart out over this movie. Once I heard the premise, I was like, "Yeah, I don't." I, here's the thing: I, again, meta criticism. Okay, every year we try to reward movies that seem like they're important, mm-hmm. and then a few months go by, and they're like, "What movie was nominated for Best Picture?" Mm-hmm. You know, this is why I like the strategy of movies that stay with you are the best movies of the year, yeah. you know, versus like, mm, you know. Well, typically, you know, as I've like looked back on my uh, favorite films of the year, they are typically like ones that come out in like April. Yeah. Sometimes May. Oh, no. Like yeah. I was, uh, you know, we were doing some, um, you know, uh, what do you call when you're pitching a movie to, so, oh, uh, politics. I was politicking some films for the um, end of the year awards for the Phoenix Film Critics Society. So I was throwing out like, hey, guys, Annihilation or, hey, American Animals, you know, movies that were really good and people have seen them forgotten, didn't get much love from their production companies. And I'm like, yeah. And like one of the things like, oh, my God, Annihilation was so good. I totally forgot about that movie. Yeah. You know, and they didn't even they didn't even like I keep beating that drum, you know. Right. Well, I think the other part, too, is, is that it's and it's a philosophy, like I said, that you've postulated that I've embraced a lot more is that. Part of what makes films good is is that, you know, is the importance to you, the enjoyment you have, not necessarily what people think is important. Because yeah. there's a lot of films that people are going to go, well, this was the most important film of the year. One in particular 
that I'm like, no, it was it was not that great or important. But people are going to be this is the most important film of the year. And and whatever people want to do, that's fine. But the point is, is that if you enjoyed it or if you found something, in it, that's mm-hmm. great. But then what's going to happen is because that fills up so much people. That's another reason people start forgetting because mm-hmm. they go, well, I put one film or a couple films and people do this too with their favorite movies and then once they kind of get like the number one or two spots figured out they're doing like three four and five and they're going god i really have to go back and look at everything i watched because i don't even remember yeah and it's like well that's the point if you don't even remember the films it's like what impact did they really have on i've kind of like lately and and i I do want to do one because you know we're going to have our show but i've almost been like I think it's so silly to do a best of the year list unless you are somebody who truly is seeing everything that comes out yeah. until March of the following year or something. Give yourself a few months to actually catch up on those well, things. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you know, the, the year-end awards for, um, you know, Consumer Credit Society, like the nomination ballot is due Friday. Right. And what people, I think one of the people don't get is reviewing critics, as the guys can see, I have a giant stack of movies on my desk, which a ton of them haven't even come out yet. Like, I have Vice and all this shit that I gotta, like, power through, you know? But it's, like, at the same time, I think, oh, it's, December is too early. I think January, mid-January, at earliest doesn't even kind of right. go. Yeah, and this year especially, because, like, there's so much shit on Netflix, that, that Netflix. Dude, I got, like, 30 screeners from Netflix, man. Mm. That's just, like... Well, it's just seeing the point where there's just so many different avenues now, too. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, truly, like, things like A-List have helped me go see a lot more yeah. films than I regularly would have. Yeah, right. Movie Pass, maybe a year ago, was also well, equally and assistive. I feel like but, I, yeah, and yeah. I, I feel like, honestly, even through that, I still have to, like, go and dig out movies that, like, because some of the best stuff doesn't get pushed, man. But that's the difficulty in anything, too. Yeah. It's like, when you could say something, like, a year later and be like, well, I just saw this, and or whatever, and that's happened more than a few times, where films have become like, oh, that was my fa- I would have put that as my favorite movie. That's just gonna happen. So, I mean, you can keep, I, I agree with you to a point, but it's also... I mean, that's a failure of the industry yeah. is that it just continually goes, well, we're going to push for the Oscar. We'll dump in the last week. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure I shot Shape of Water on like on New Year's Eve yeah. because it was the only time. Well, yeah, and everybody's like, talking about um, the new Clint Eastwood movie, The Mule. And then, like, I still haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the idea of it, too, where like Clint Eastwood plays like a drug mule because he's a senior who can't make enough money i mean right. that seems like a really interesting original yeah. concept it's worth Here. a shot yeah. but it's just one of those ones too where the it's just like we always talk about with like it, it extends the same to like collectibles and toys and all these other things is that everything now is also you know it's one week only one night well, only yeah and then I, it's like I i'm sorry i have a life so dude, i can only imagine if we did start doing like a best collectibles of the year how hard that would fucking be like yeah but i just meant the limited nature of everything people go why does stuff cost so much money i said because well, they only made five of them they only made 10 of them it was only released at sdcc and they only made a hundred and yeah it's only sold in japan on mondays at 5 p.m when it's raining you know it's that classic like 
issue. It's but like that it with is. everything. I was in when we when, I, when we were in L.A. We went down to Melrose, and I swear to you, there it was like a shoe drop happening at some like you know, and that's a whole culture. I don't. Oh, true. Oh, sure. But but fuck, do you there understand was, it? I mean, it, we're we're the same thing. We're we're just yeah, not yeah. about shoes exactly. You know? But I'm like literally, people were like trading shoes on the street like they were drugs or something. Right. Like how much? How much? I'm like, whoa, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I, I mean, believe, shoe I be- culture is ridiculous. I believe yeah. they're I believe they're called dunks. Uh, what else? <laughs> no, I just well, no, it's just the same thing. It's like people talk, you know. It's like whatever, you know, anything. No, Josh is right. It is analysis, but it's just one of those things where I feel like one of the biggest challenges in film is that every year, what I like is hearing people's lists and reading them and yeah. finding movies I didn't know about. But then at the same time, it's like, yeah, I mean, there's just. One of the things I miss going to was I used to go to a lot of film fests and see a lot of movies, you know, and some yeah. would be premiered that year. But now it's just like I still don't have the time anymore to go to a fest the way. So I get to go see me one movie. Well, yeah. And even like I remember like uh, even Beyond Fest used to be more about like new movies. Now it's more like about events and retrospectives. And there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. Well, it's that. like. Uh, but it's just hard sometimes to like find those new movies, you know. I was trying to think. The I mean, Victor, you've got a problem with retrospectives, <laughs> with no, no. repertory screenings. Victor, <laughs> Victor has no problem with retrospectives. <laughs> well, I was trying to think. I mean, I think in April was uh, Phoenix Film Fest, yeah. and I went to see American Hardcore, which is an incredible. Godfather's of Hardcore, which is a great. I think that's going to be document. on Amazon. It was just on. No, it just debuted on HBO. But oh, it's okay. Like, so you know, if you didn't see it in the screening, I mean, you would have had to wait seven months eight yeah. months to see it so it's yeah, that's movies the, i saw fantastic Fest last year that still haven't even been released i right. still really want to see that one about the uh Dude, the, I want the you fireworks to, yeah. factory so bad well that, that was, one um i don't even remember you, you had know. a screener of that and oh, then i, that I think i think that it's actually on something like it's okay. it's not on amazon you gotta buy it or something like that but it's that movie not was really good oh yeah i love well, it i didn't even know but but then there's that one that hagazuza yeah, one that, that i really want you to see it's I so really fucked it. up and like i mean but like i said this is like basically a college thesis film from somebody in germany sure. you know and it's like good luck seeing that thing release I know. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, we finally, like, me and Adam finally got the go-ahead from uh, Alamo that we can, like, program the trailer packs for Video Vortex and Terror Tuesday with whatever trailers we yeah, want. So awesome. we did that the first time the for the thing the other night. And, like, literally I had a couple of people go, At those trailers you showed, I haven't heard of any of those movies. Mm-hmm. And those are movies that are coming out that, like, uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid, which you can get yeah. in Mexico. Um, this other one uh, with Nicolas Cage and oh god, I'm like blanking on the name. Or Between Worlds, mm-hmm. where uh, Franca Potente is like a psychic who bring he, he helps she, he helps bring her daughter back from that, but really it's his dead wife's ghost that's in her body. So it's like this horror love triangle. And then the other one we played was a trailer for Brightburn, which mm-hmm. was awesome because people are like yeah. is this Superman. And then it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> this ain't your daddy, Superman. That trailer is awesome, by the way. It is good. I just, it, it's driving me nuts. Everybody's like, James Gunn's, James Gunn's like, look, I get it. He wrote it. He's producing it, but he's not directing it. Yeah. And I just, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. And I try and push it. It's like, 
it's this guy. You know this guy. You know this name. You recognize it's his film. Oh so, yeah, well. I feel like that. That's part of the misdirection of that trailer because they're trying. They're trying to sucker you into thinking it's a Superman. Yeah, movie at the beginning. Right. Because it see says that. the visionary director of Guardians. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's even cut the same way. What, as the what if Superman is, was an asshole? Yeah. Which is like. Well, that was already because, done. Yeah, Supreme. Yeah, true. Well, yeah. yeah, I was gonna, well, not only Supreme. I was going to say irreversible. Right. Or, I'm sorry, irredeemable and. Uh, the um, Invincible Kirkman's mm-hmm. comic was yeah. great. Yeah. Was another one that I, I would really you know a lot of a lot of Miller's comics have become movies like uh, Kingsman and Wanted. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. But I really Mark would Miller, love them Frank to Miller, fucking yeah. do a Nemesis movie. Right. If you guys have heard of that one, I've it's heard basically of it. it's I've like it. what if remember. the Joker was Batman? Yeah. yeah. So he just goes to different towns and like kills the commissioner. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I do remember that one now. Uh, yeah. So any anything else? Uh, is the one I was thinking of, um, comic wise. Um, no. Well, the one thing I was gonna say is uh, my last one here was uh, that I also just posted a review of today was when we talk about limited runs. Mm. Is that um, I this one was only playing for one week at one theater here, and that was Anna and the Apocalypse. Yeah, oh, it's playing. Nice. It, it's playing Camel too. I saw a Camel. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know if it's playing anywhere I else. I saw it in the Apocalypse too. I, we went to go see it at uh, AMC Century City, and uh, I'll yeah. probably I'll post this up on the site. Uh, the the uh, the director and um, the nerdy kid and the director of photography were all there. So oh, I sweet. The Q and A with them. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. So I went and saw that. It was at Cam- so it was also my first trip to Camelview, which um, is awesome. Which I I'm that really theater. that's really, my favorite theater. I'm really thankful that Josh let me know about the pricing ahead of time, uh-huh. so I could dig around for my VIP passes yeah. because yeah. Um, not only was it fourteen dollars, it was um, I had no idea that I got there about ten minutes after the showtime. Yeah, they don't show anything. Uh, the movie started right at eleven. So um, is this this was for End of the Apocalypse? Yeah. It's probably just because it was that. Yeah, yeah, well, no, 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 because I know, they usually do show trailers. Well, there. I was just, I mean, like I said, even like Fathom and those kind of events usually still show like their like, trailers. Like, I mean, I saw, I saw because it's funny because you brought this up because I actually saw a movie which I'll talk about, which was sure. one of those one night only so, screenings. Yeah. And again, like we arrived like one minute late and it was already started. Yeah. And I yeah. think what that is, is that's when they do like the live broadcasts. Yeah. Um, and they're basically keying into a live broadcast. Yeah, it could be. Oh, yeah, yeah I wouldn't doubt it. It just pissed me off. Yeah. Because no. it's like, yeah, we for got sure. lucked. I, like if that had happened to us, because we were like dry, we got there at the seat, the GPS told us we had 15 minutes to get there. If we got there like, like right on time and then we had to get it was a giant like super mall like right. scottsdale and it took us 10 minutes to find the theater by the time we got there it was like the last trailer oh so yeah yeah see there was no the trailer trailers. for me yeah, and it was that buffer zone. i was in yeah. the second song i think the second song when it came on so i still was able to see everything um but it was uh one i posted um i was really looking forward to this one i it just I, I like musicals a lot, so mm-hmm. um, it's one of those things where um, I it, think the idea. Well, I'll, I'll let you. Oh no, I was just gonna say the idea sounds terrible, absolutely awful when you hear it. I think I put something in my article that this is like a hot topic manager's pitch <laughs> to the theater, like and maybe in the special edition we can put in ninjas and pirates, yeah, like nah. it's that kind of with lasers. Yeah, with lasers, laser cats. Right. Um, it's just an, a supreme level of stupidity, but I. Just the first and foremost part is any musical has to have good songs. 
and this one has a lot of excellent i i felt like i really enjoyed mm-hmm. a lot of the music in this um thought the acting was good more gore and blood than i expected nice. and it had more of a downside than was anticipated i mean it's pretty oh, honest yeah. about the post-apocalyptic world so just better much better than i expected i'm not gonna sit and say it's my favorite film it is one of my favorite soundtracks i've been listening to it all week really? since i got I absolutely well. I love pop yeah. music too, so it's just yeah. One of those things I, it's where... it's interesting because the songs weren't the kind of songs I thought they were going to be. It's like yeah, it's very like S Club Seven kind of like poppy. Like like there's different parts, you know. Um, the first two songs are straight Radio Disney. Yeah, and yeah, then that's the, totally. And then it's like the, High School uh, musical, musical, the very first yeah. song. No, the fir- when they start the first song I liked was the one where she wakes up and it's like zombie land happening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, like, they have some more traditional yeah. like uh, standards kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I, don't know, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought like it, it has a good like keynote for diversity. Like each of the characters has a good little arc for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like um, you know, for a low budget movie, it's like very like they spent their money in the right places. Um, one of the things I learned during the Q&A, the director was there. And he was very Scottish. Like, holy shit, this is like train spotting here, folks. <laughs> train spotting you and McGregor. But, like, I guess the guy who had originally written and written the movie and done all the songs, like, died, like, very early on in the project. Oh, wow. So they kind of just, like, kept going in terms of his memory. And he was, like, young. I think he was, like, 27 or something. Jeez. Yeah, but, like... The main girl, the girl who plays Anna, I think she was very good. She's very good. Yeah, like, I could see her in things. Um, I, I do think, like, one of the criticisms I, 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 like, you know, had heard people say as I was leaving, I very much echoed it feels like Shot of the Dead meets Zombieland. Oh, uh-huh. totally. Oh, yeah. Also, I actually, because of the down, there, there's a very melancholy undertone that makes it almost 20 days later like. Not yeah. that heavy, but it's... It's and also because of being born above, you know, the UK, it's like you just feel like yeah. all those different things. And I like, yeah, I do. I did like the um, the main antagonist, the principal. Yeah, he comes across as very like Gary Oldman ish. Oh, it's very cartoonish. Yeah, yeah, but it was cool. I liked him, and then yeah, the set. There's a lot of cool set pieces. I liked it for the most part. Like, it's not going to be on my top ten or anything. No, 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 no. And yeah, it does appear to be playing. Um, it's playing at Camelview now and actually is going to be expanding to a couple other theaters oh. tomorrow yeah. uh, or Friday, December 14th, whenever you are listening to this. Um, uh, looks like it'll go to Arizona Mills and the Superstition Springs as well as continuing at Camelview. Yeah. Okay. So well, yeah. that's good to hear. So yeah. Yeah. It, um, if you would like to see this movie. Well, I just, like about. I said, it's one of those ones where you never know if it's going to get an no, extended sure. stay. I, yeah. And I think, I think it was pretty ballsy of them to actually release it around Christmas. Yeah. That's Halloween. Cool. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that shows some trust in Orion. I definitely is, want to go see it. Yeah. No, yeah. I think it's definitely worth yeah. watching in a theater. I, I think for a while I was just getting like a little burnout on it. Cause I kept walking literally every time I go to the draft house, they would play the trailer for it. I'm yeah. Like, I remember you not exactly being excited. So I was um, kind of interested in seeing what you thought. Yeah. No, we liked it. Like I said, it's just one of those things. I think it, uh, it was on the verge of getting overhyped for me. Sure. But like, I think the re- they had the Q and a and that was, an- and yeah, the director of photography is a woman. And it's just like a lot of like diverse cool. voices in here. So I liked it. I'm, um, yeah, I might go on Sunday. I don't know. I'm thinking I'm going to go see Roma on Sunday. Cause that's not yes. going to be in the theaters for that long. Um, um, you need to see that movie in a theater. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the intention. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I know it comes out on Netflix next week, but yeah, I kind of don't want to see it. Did on I a small talk screen. about Roma at all last mm, time? No, 
Okay, yeah, folks, I mean, I, this is going to go up this weekend, the weekend of the, um, whatever the date is. 14th? Yeah, the weekend of the 14th. Um, I encourage you highly, if at all possible, to go to Camelview and watch Roma. Yeah. Um, it's my favorite movie this year, like, easily. It's just really beautiful. Like, a really beautiful movie to watch, like... You know, like last year, I'd said, "Oh, Coco." You know, Coco was like one of my favorite movies. Oh, Coco was, and I would put this kind of like in that same par. It's like it's a cool human story. Um, You know, it's very rewatch. Like I'll rewatch it. You know, more than once. You know, I already have the screener of it too. And it looks like it is exclusive to Camel View, including. And I'm I'm actually going to see if they have it going out because I I really want to see when this thing ends. Well, they only have dates going out to the 18th. But um, so I might expect that as of the 18th, it's probably going to be done because that's the day that it premieres on Netflix. Yeah. Don't watch this on Netflix. Watch it in a theater because this is one of those things. I like that Netflix is picking up some really cool movies. Yeah. Don't get me wrong at all about that. Right. Just watching them on Netflix. Certain movies and Roma from the first instance I saw a trailer, I was like, no, this is a big screen movie. Yeah. And to me, I was like, oh, my God, why the fuck is this movie not a really is going to be a Netflix movie? Like, honestly, like the other thing that really made me sad this year was the fact that did, you, did we talk about Cam at all last time? Yes, you did. did. You highly recommend it. Yeah. I still haven't gotten to it. Uh, I, I'm like, and it's a Bloomhouse movie because yeah. Bloomhouse did a deal with Netflix to do like the, you know, they're all the all the whole the dark movies on Hulu are also Bloomhouse movies. Yeah. And all I can think is, why the fuck did like Bloomhouse not push? Cam as like a theatrical movie, even an art house release. It's like way better than just being buried on there, right? You know, I mean, the other thing, like right now, um, there's a new movie. Uh, it's part- if you guys don't know what Hold the Dark is, do you guys know? Yeah, okay, the Blue Mouse. Yeah, yeah. Basically, every month there's a holiday themed horror movie that's going to be on Hulu. And this month is called Puka. Oh, so oh wait, I I don't. So you're not talking about the movie Hold the Dark? Oh no, no yeah, yeah, no, no. Hold the okay. Yeah, yeah. Basically, well, that's confusing. It's basically a similar name. I don't know what it's called. Uh, I'll look it up really quick so I don't confuse everybody. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll keep talking. Basically, yeah. It's some. I mean, I just know as the Bloom House is like their attempt at like it's not an anthology like thing. traditional like anthology, but like uh-huh. we're going to do like a feature series of films that okay are going to be exclusive and you know like do you mean like a like a Conjuring universe thing? No, or? just that into the dark, into okay. the dark. Sorry, yeah. yes. I, I that I was I remember was the dark. Okay. And, yeah. Yeah, basically, they're not interconnected. They're just different, like, movies that, like, there was one in October where it's a hitman. Okay. Kills someone on Halloween, and he's dragging the body around from party to party. Oh, I see. So, it's all going to be kind of seasonal? Yes. Okay, gotcha. So, this month's is called Puka, and it's by Nacho Villagondo. Uh, Vigalondo, yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Uh, boy, I hope that's good, because, honestly... Ever since Time Crimes, he's but done nothing but bullshit. Yeah, I hate Colossal with a with a passion. I mean, and know? it's not as bad as the other shitty movie he did with uh, Sasha Gray and Elijah Wood. Which that one? movie was so bad. Which one? I can't you? remember what it's called now. I mean, I'll look it up. And I mean, his honestly, his segment that he did for VHS, I thought was like okay, but it wasn't on the level of Time Crimes. No, um, you know. So yeah, it's like I don't know. He's uh. Yeah, Time Crimes is such a masterpiece, and they have such diminishing returns. Oh, yeah, and an extraterrestrial. Open windows. Yeah, oh, open windows. I saw this movie. Oh, my God. 
uh, you know, I I have two minds on this movie because I kind of which like one? It. Open windows. Open windows. Because I I think we no, talked about it before and you said yeah, the exact we, same we thing. Talked. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I kind of like the idea of this <laughs> right. movie, but yeah. then it got stupid. It's such uh, that's shit. all I'll say. We yeah, don't want to yeah. go oh, on a tangent so about bad. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Elijah Wood is Sasha Gray's <laughs> biggest fan. Right. Uh, so yeah. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I much, you know what's weird is, you know, uh, what's that other movie he did? Uh, the Grand Piano. Piano. Kind of a similar premise, mm-hmm. a million times better movie, and the guy who directed it is like Nacho Vigalondo's right. friend. Right. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, Roma, you need to see that. It's by Alfonso Cuaron who did gravity prisoner of azkaban yeah uh, you know of, i had children of men children of men yeah yeah like i'm under, i'm i'm burying way the buried here. lead yeah <laughs> no I, I understand those are both other good movies but children of men is like a automatic if you've seen children of men you have to see anything that guy does for the rest of his life yeah, I, yeah. definitely that was the selling point for me i haven't gotten to see it but i do plan to but children of men is one of those ones i know i brought up here before but people always ask me like what's your favorite sci-fi film you know, the last like 10, yeah. 15 years, I go children of men and people are like, never heard because people just can't ever get space fantasy or oh, yeah, science based totally. films right. out of their head. They, it has to be, yeah. You know, I mean, very this rigid. is obviously would take, you know, more digging to really solidify, but I would probably say at, at knee jerk, children of men is probably my favorite film of the 2000s. Like, oh, just number one. one. Well, it's, it's kind of like, I know Victor and I, and I'm sure we brought it up before too. It's just like talking about comic book movies, like Unbreakable is mm-hmm. always, which has me really excited for Glass. I'm, I'm going to keep my expectations low yeah, on that. But I am looking forward to it just because of how much I really oh, yeah? enjoyed Unbreakable. Yeah, we need to talk later. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, definitely, please. All right, so is that everything? Um, oh, for me, uh, well, we kind of the only other one I wanted to mention. I, there's so many to talk about; it takes forever. But like, you know, I'm always people. I remember it's just like we talked about with picking your your top uh, top five or ten of the year. It's like I literally forget movies I watch if I don't actually write them right. down. That's that's where I've hit. But I do want to end on another musical note: is that I watched one on Netflix. Um, just totally randomly, um, it was, uh, is a movie called Cherry Pop, and it is a, um, uh, movie about drag. Um, it's is drag for one word or two words? Uh, two words, I believe. Documentary? Okay. No, no, it's not a documentary. It's, it's an actual film. It's like a, a comedy with some dramatic elements and mm-hmm. stuff. It's basically just about a, I love drag. I'm a huge like, uh, fan Queens, of, Kings, he, both? Uh, Queens. And cool. it's. I um I I'm a huge fan of drag queens mainly of course but I really enjoy uh just drag as a whole is one of my favorite things and this one actually kind of hit close to home because it's about a guy who is a drag um he's a drag performer um but he's not gay which is I've right. actually always wanted to do drag and still would love to someday I'm not gay I would either come to that show oh daddy mm-hmm. i can get you but, uh, i can get you in the door i mean I, I do i do really enjoy it but it's just one of those ones where um the the film is is very very like a very low budget uh you know mainly of course confined to the club and um right. a couple exteriors but not much um it really goes between about four or five rooms but it's just not everything is perfect but it's very funny sassy of course as you might expect but the really standout part to it, it's got a bunch of performers, by the way, from RuPaul's Drag Race and very mm-hmm. famous queens. But um, the best part of it is actually there are like four or five songs that are, are in the film, more sparingly. But I was like, 
this is the best one I've heard this year. Some of the best besides Anne and Apocalypse in terms of musical. Um, they're all also going to be future vaginal backwash covers. There is, um, <laughs> Uh, I can't afford it. Guess I'll have to abort it. Uh, shake it out the leg. Um, oh, thanks for sticking classic. it in me and white bitch. Um, nice. so I, I enjoyed them all, but, um, don't just let the juvenile nature of the, the, the titles, the, the lyrics are unbelievably brilliant on a few of them. They are some of the funniest things I've ever heard. Like, I just really enjoyed it. Um, so it's just one of those things like, when you talk about like a truly random Netflix viewing, right. like late night, this is one like, ah, me and my best friend are like, ah, oh, this looks funny. Let's watch this. Or this could be worth a laugh because we've had some bad ones. Um, but that one, if you, you know, you got Netflix, you enjoy drag queens or just a musical or some, some funny, it's, it's worth it. All right. Um, you know, like I said, I'm trying to think of more off the top of my head, but I definitely want to hear more about what you guys have been watching. So let's just keep moving on. All right. Groovy. Uh, do you have anything else besides Roma? Well, I know you have a few want to talk. Ton of shit, so. Well, let's yeah. Well, then let's keep. Was <laughs> we'll there anything else the major you wanted to talk about? Because I don't want to go through every single All thing, right. especially stuff that hasn't come out yet. All right. Well, I've seen a lot of stuff that hasn't come out yet. Well, so something I won't spoil. I don't need to hear Aquaman. We'll we'll leave that one. No, on no, I think we need to talk about. I'll talk about that one because I don't really want to. You know, I, well, because I'll write a thing about it eventually. Okay. Well, I mean, here's here's the thing about Aquaman. I think the main gist of people are like, is it good? I'm like, yeah, it's actually good. It's not. It's right. Shocker. It's not like you know a dour movie, but it's just it's a weird movie in that you could tell like this could have easily been like Cloud Atlas. Yeah. Or, I can know. see that. So here's my question though, because you um. You are way more into DC than yeah, I am. It's so like what I like it though. Yeah, because it's not like a comic book movie. Okay, it, it's and it's really weird because here's the thing I think is really interesting. Like James Wan, I was just gonna of, say, yeah, yeah, James, who's actually in the movie in a little bit part, but like uh, clearly he was like, oh, I get to play with this character who like is uh, from an undersea kingdom. I'm just gonna fucking do this as some weird robert e howard meets masters of the universe fantasy epic and that's mm. kind of what he does and it's it weirdly enough works i mean and he just goes straight for the weird and you like right from the get-go i'm like all right you know you're this is what i'm going for you know like hey this uh there's seven seas each of the seas has its own kingdom this kingdom is shrimp people this kingdom <laughs> is ruled by dolph lundgren Straight up. Awesome. Yeah, it's like there's Masters of the Universe all this shit. <laughs> like, Nicole Kidman is like uh, Aquaman's mom, and she has the same hairdo as um, Daryl Hannah in Splash. Okay. And that's totally on purpose. You know, and there's a lot right. of stuff like that where it's just like, all right, he's throwing an influence. But he gives, like, Black Manta a really cool origin where it's like, usually see this movie, he's like, oh, hey, here's a guy. We're going to give you your suit. And, like, they give him, like, a suit, and he just tears it apart and rebuilds it. And he fuck and he's like you know uh -huh. he's like tweaking it learning the technology to a training montage of depeche mode wow <laughs> so i'm just curious also um being as how this is james wan's first film in color um how does it look it's super colorful and that's actually like one of the things i really liked about it and it's just it's fun like he wears the influence there's at the very beginning there's like 
he said he like uh aquaman sits down like a beer or something like mm-hmm. or on top of a book and then it turns into a flashback the book he sets it off uh, on top of is the dunwich horror mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so there's like cthulhu there's like right. very lovecraftian stuff in cthulhu and aquaman always a combination i've thought about oh yeah it's 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 a fun movie and it, right. it tries to be like wonder woman where it like literally there's like one throwaway reference to justice league cool other than that you would never think because that's lo- the way to get me to see it is tell me it's more like wonder woman because yeah. like it's genuinely not, it's not as good as wonder woman yeah. i would probably rank it as somewhere along the lines of like dr strange okay i mean i really like that yeah it's like the equivalent of dr strange in the marvel universe it's like okay like this is our weird movie and it's it's two and a half hours long it is paced well and does not seem that long okay yeah well he's pretty good at that i mean yes i mean after doing i think fast and the furious he knows how to do longer epic movies now without lagging as much i mean he's always yeah. he's one of those guys who really is extremely I, talented and i think he knows how to play well to like his performers because um i very much get the feeling if he had his druthers he would not have cast amber heard in this as mira instead so like the whole movie him uh you know because it, it you know it has to like these two characters end up together at some point you know sure it's like so instead he does a kind of like romancing the stone kind of style where he's like He's all swagger trying to impress her, and she just could not give less of a shit. Yeah, that's all. Okay, you're right. He did. He what did he do? I'm looking. He did Furious Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he did have one film in color before this. Yeah. (laughs) You know, everything is that drenched. Seriously, I mean, just like that's the thing. I just like when I think of him, I just think of gray. Right. No, and the the thing is like. This movie, I, I guess I just find it funny. Like I never think of his films like that. Like, yeah, well, I'm just not a big fan of, of the Conjuring DC or Saw. Like, in well, no, no. Well, he well, did, like DC. some. He he wasn't like he's not the some. He's not the director. He's just the writer. And yeah, some he's the writer. But I mean, and the, not the, the, the original Saw, which he directed, like yeah. is very like just it's that desaturated. But look. that's the, the Conjuring it, is the desaturated look. Well, Insidious, the, same thing. You know. Well, the the whole point with the with the Saw, I think it was absolutely essential for that. For the the um, the Conjuring, I think is that if he could shot it on an old film stock because it, it's period, he, he, right? He would have yeah. done it as a period. And then as for Insidious, I mean, I think it goes between the two. Like, I mean, I think it has its brighter points and purpose and stuff. And I'm not here to say like the cinematography is what right. I really enjoy about those films because it's not. I mean, I think with James Wan, he's just he's one of those people. He's like a James Gunn. He just he deserved his chance to get. A bigger and better films yeah no and you can see like every dollar of this movie on the screen it's like the underwater stuff the way they did it is very well done not at all how they did it in justice league you, you know? saw it in imax is that right no i th- i saw this at camel view okay you know did you see it in 3d no okay yeah i you don't need 3d to watch this movie. i imagine in imax 3d it probably looks fucking awesome yeah that's yeah. what i was wondering yeah, yeah. they're doing a, another screening of it on monday in imax 3d this was kind of like the like, you know i, I this is the uh and then there's an amazon screen right for it uh before it's released Oh, I, that's the way I oh, understand that, it. Oh, that is oh, actually yeah, on is. Sunday, I think. Yeah, it's the oh, no, 15th. Oh, no, it's on Saturday. Saturday, it's yeah. the 15th. Yeah, so if yeah. you go on Amazon, you can watch it. If you're, if you're a Prime member, yeah. you get the benefit, yep. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, like I said, I think it's very much worth a watch. It's not an amazing movie. It's a good movie. Um, well, that's the way cool. most... It, 
If people I, could say that more about comic book movies, it would just make life so yeah. much better. Yeah. That they could just go, it was a good movie, but it wasn't great. Because right. most yeah. of them are not great. And so, I, yeah, and uh, there's like a halfway credit, there's a mid credit scene, but no end credit scene. So, oh, okay. thanks yeah. for saving us the time. That's Appreciate right. That. We're here to help. Awesome. <laughs> um, and speaking of which, uh, amazing comic book movies, uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I want to see an that. an amazing fucking movie. Go out of amazing. Way. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> and I hate, like, get yeah, I, I well established the fact that I am not a Spider Man fan. I, in Spider Man Homecoming, kind of like, yeah, it's a good live action Spider Man. This is a good fucking Spider Man awesome. movie, period. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not familiar it. with this Miles Morales character. In it. I mean, I mm-hmm. know that there is, like, oh, a, a, he's Ultimate Spider Man. But like I don't read no, those I don't think comics. he's well. Like, is he Ultimate Spider Man now? Because he he like becomes Spider Man. But yeah. like, yeah, it's, you it's get interesting. His, you get his full path here. Yeah, and it's he's also in that video game that came out this year. Oh, he's like cool. a major character. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah, this one you get his whole origin story. And then there's other characters that as you soon get as I saw meet. I saw Peter Porker, I was like, no fucking right. Spider Hands in it. And also uh, Nicholas Cage plays Noir. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and Healy. I was like, they are Dance going. Field, I think is uh, uh, Spider. And I guess they had talked about. Um, and I, they, I would really wish it was happening. They wanted to get Tobin Maguire to play Peter Parker. Yeah, you know, yeah. and well, yeah. When you watch the movie, you'll get why that is. Okay. But basically, watch this movie. You don't actually need to have seen any fucking Spider-Man oh, sure, movie sure. to watch this. Yeah. The animation in this is crazy. Like, it's honestly my favorite animated movie this year. And that's, like, a big statement for me. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Incredibles 2 and Wreck-It Ralph and Isle of Dogs. I liked it more yeah. than all three of those movies, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah, for the most part, uh, this one does have an end credit scene, guys. Stay for the end credit scene. The end credit scene is fucking awesome. Nice. Yeah. I did, uh, that was one I did see as well. I really, I did enjoy Wreck-It Ralph too. Not as much as the original. Yeah, but I did that was going to be one of mine too, so we can just talk about that. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, Ralph Breaks the Internet. I, I, uh, loved it. I, I liked it a lot more than the first one, and oh. I really liked the first one. Um, but, uh, for me it was, you know, I actually kind of had some questions about it when it was around the YouTube part. And I was like, eh, you know, this is okay, but if this is just going to be about dumb internet videos, that's yeah. not really what I want to see. Yeah. Um, and it was really, you know, again, just keeping it spoiler-free, but ger- very general. It was the Disney princesses that won yeah, me over. Yeah, me too. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. That was the best part that's, by far. Yeah, that's the thing I thought is funny about Into the Spiders and Outbreak Senior, mm-hmm. where I think the spin-offs that come from these yeah. movies are more yeah. are, are going to be really interesting. And I think you did actually talk about Ralph Breaks the Internet um, in our last episode. Yeah, but neither I, of you guys did. Yeah, well, that's I remember, why it's, yeah, you got to kind of balance yeah, it yeah, a little yeah. bit with what hasn't come out because then it just, yeah, exactly. start talking about these a little too late. Yeah, but but no, it's definitely, um, I, I love, one of my biggest issues with the first record, Ralph, was the fact that they didn't go to enough places. And that was always my biggest bone with it is like, I love yeah. it, but they spent so much of that movie in Sugar Rush that I just wanted more varied locations, and you definitely get that in Ralph Breaks the Internet. 
Um, yeah, and I, you know, just definitely the Disney princesses part. Just there was so many just really clever, clever jokes in here. Um, I like, you know, just like even when it's like they're at the bottom and you see like the Netscape symbol, yeah, and, you know, yeah, just everything yeah. right in the depths down there. And well, I just like the um, Gort that weird yeah, little creature was great. Gort. <laughs> there was it was just genuinely funny. I mean, I still I get what you're saying about the location thing because yeah. that's a completely good, great point because. That is something that I didn't love about it because, I mean, you had so much material to mine right. with the, the vintage um, arcade scene and stuff. And they did an okay job. They just really condensed it. Yeah. Um, I just really liked the story for them, like, in how um, – but I just – it was one of those ones where – my main fear of this too was the the internet humor thing sure. and making it so dated and they were able to keep it i mean i think all those companies you know five to ten years will still oh, be here sure. they might not be at the level they're at now but i do think that um you know they made really good selections and how they did you know something like a um a, a grand theft auto slash yeah, that, Mel worked right. well, and like, it was like so grand theft auto and i loved that aspect of it um, and then, you know, just the idea even talking about kind of microtransactions yeah. and things like yeah. that, or how like when they were in the internet, like the biggest building that's towering above everything is Amazon, you know, and yeah. it's just giant compared to everything else. And just they're little, little things like that. The, the pop-up guy, it just, it was well, really like clever. funny little things like the eBay bidding thing. Right, I thought was right. really enjoyable. Yeah. Just Although I did, bit. it drove me crazy. And I wonder if it drove you guys crazy as well as, um, is it's like, that's not how eBay bidding works. If you right. were yeah. to bid thirty thousand dollars, it yeah. would just go above whatever the highest bid was. was. No, you know, and it's yeah. like it literally. I like said it out loud because it it drove me nuts, and <laughs> that's the only thing that just really pissed me off. But uh, no, it's a super awesome. I I really really like that movie for sure. Nice. Yeah, it's it was a good. It's been a good year for animation so far. So I'm really excited about Spider Verse. I I liked. I loved Homecoming. So I'm really excited. I'm not connecting it to. I'm just saying I like that they're trying to do something more with Spider Man and the Spider Verse. Yeah. Finally, yeah. after yeah. such a stagnant period, that no, and that's literally it's better than like any of the live action stuff. Yeah, well, and and the fact that this isn't just a movie that was you know like all those DC animated movies, right? That just get uh, pushed to straight to video. Yeah, that this thing actually had a theatrical release that they believed Which in I, enough they to totally do that. Should have done that with the Dark Knight Returns one. Yeah. That one was so good. Yeah. Like it really, really was. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, it was long, but you could have done it as two releases. Exactly. You know? Yeah. There's, it's just that, that's going to be that kind of thing where you're talking about the future of things like you were talking about Netflix, um, how they're handling movies and stuff like that. I feel right. like the, the direct to video, uh, market is realizing that they have all these, uh, niche locales that they can actually right. put their films in. And not lose their ass. So I think that you're going to see like an increase in more than just like the killing joke. I think more mm. like other ones where it's like if they see potential and the fan base is there and willing. I mean, that's the the, the plus and downside of stuff like Fathom Events mm-hmm. is that people really do show up. They'll keep doing them as right. long as yeah. they can make money off it. They'll do it. Well, if it's anything like the Fathom Events I go to. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's like four people there. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. that's that's the way it is. Yeah. But, Seriously. Yeah. But, I mean, the one thing I'll say about Fathom Events, at least, I don't know if all of them are like this, but they do them in a lot of theaters. So when you're spreading out that amongst that many people, you know, or that many theaters, you know, sure, maybe you're only getting four to six people, but you're getting it at all these different theaters. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and they count on two, I mean... 
events that probably most people wouldn't attend, but they're it's not the you know different markets like the the Metropolitan Opera or you know right. these things. I mean, it is trying to um, you know provide a, a, a lush venue for an event. I that... did go to one of those once, by the way, the opera thing. Like mm-hmm. I wanted was listening to uh, the classic, you know, K Bach, and they gave you know they're like yeah whatever call in for that, and I got it, and I was like. It was fun. Like yeah. I liked. It. I liked going to the opera and the movie theater. We sure. like snuck in a bunch of like Rubios and and just like ate enchiladas <laughs> and watched. We were literally the only people in the theater, I believe and we it. got our tickets for free. Yeah. <laughs> but it was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um. Let me see. What else have I watched? Um. So yeah. So I've started to like dig into these screeners, and this is stuff now that you can watch on Netflix that I'll talk about. Um. Oh, Ruby saw uh, Mortal Engines yesterday. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, she, you know, it, she says it's kind of a mess. Um, and yeah. she's a big Peter Jackson fan. Oh, is it Peter Jackson? Yeah. yeah. Is it directed by Peter Jackson? No, I think he wrote it. Him okay. and Fran Walsh. All right. But gotcha. it's uh, directed by the DP from uh, Lord of the Rings or whatnot. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Um, sounds like it looks artificial yeah basically <laughs> from the sound like of that star wars meets lord of the Rings. Right. i just laugh i just laughed the whole thing where they're like uh i saw one of the articles was can peter jackson save steampunk and i'm like it's fucking dead right just yeah. let it let it's, it yeah, let its corpse let dead. its copper corpse is that what this know? is is this a steampunk thing no just the idea of like where people have those alternate universe and where they are okay. making a mix of machination with you know, it's that the, like it, it doesn't have to be the strict uh, airship like life of steampunk. Although this obviously has land, sea, right. and air, it's um I, that's the way I've come to understand. That's even the way when I saw the trailer, I was like, you know, it, it looked a, at least a little bit like that. Yeah, so, gotcha. Um, I'll I'll just actually I'm be excited my, um, though. By the way, that uh, oh yeah, I'm sorry, sorry. No, I was, oh no, I just wanted to say that they just announced yesterday that uh. Uh, Peter Jackson's first four films are getting the deluxe treatment. I feel like they've been saying that forever. Well, no, this is the first official announcement I've seen. This is officials from from Peter Jackson. But it doesn't say exactly what that is. I've still never seen Bad Taste or Meet the Feebles. So it's supposed to be, everyone's hoping it's Bad Taste, Meet the Feebles, Dead Alive slash Brain Dead. Yeah. But people are wondering if it's going to be Heavenly Creatures or, um, his very first one before Bad Taste or between Bad Taste. Well, I, I would, always forget the name of it. It's one I've never creatures, seen. But I would love to see those other two. But I was just going to go through my couple real yeah, quick here since I'm man. sure you'll you'll get to them in yeah, the yeah. 90 things you're about to talk about. But um, Yeah, I only have like two left. Um, but so... Uh, I, I've heard that one. But no, well, you mentioned uh, Netflix screeners. Yeah. Um, and so maybe you guys have already seen this or maybe it's one you're going to talk about. But um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. No, I haven't seen that yet. Um, have you seen that? Kirby? I have not seen it yet. Um, so it's the new Coen Brothers film. Yeah. Um, and this was uh, actually a surprise to me. I, I think just because, like, as we talked about the way that co or, or sorry, <laughs> that that Netflix stuff just gets lost, right? I mean, it's just in the mix, and it's like good luck finding anything. Um, I guess I didn't realize that there was a new Coen Brothers movie that was premiering on Netflix, right? Um, and so it was, you know, just somebody had said, Oh, have you seen the new Cohen brothers? What new Cohen? What, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's like, it's on Netflix. Even I can go home and watch it right this second. That's lovely. So while I would have loved to seen this film on the big screen, um, I, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure it probably got some screens, uh, uh shown. No, it didn't, didn't get like a theatrical run. It it's got, a bit long and yeah, I can understand. They played like it, yeah. they did do a, uh, a screening of it at, um, 
a camel view, but yeah. it was like at a it was like a ten in the morning. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Just for people without jobs, I guess. Yeah. But you know that must be nice. But um, I love this movie. Love it. Um, I uh, I am a anthology fanatic as i'm sure you know i know kirby is and i know i'm sure, pretty sure you are too victor so uh-huh. it, it is an anthology um what i also like having just gotten done playing red dead redemption like i'm just like oh i'm way into cowboy stuff now um but it's great i really really loved it it's been very divisive amongst people um i think it's a gosh darn masterpiece uh it's the best thing that i think the coen brothers have done in years and that's also, I, I mean, I, I wasn't as big of a fan as, of Inside Lewin Davis as some people. Um, I liked Hail Caesar just fine, but I, I definitely think it's it's like the best. And I think Coen Brothers are so different. I think people come to Coen Brothers for different things. And they're those kind of directors that sometimes they have different feels. And it's like you don't know exactly which Coen you're going to get. I think the Coen Brothers that I respond to is definitely the one that I got here. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's very, very good. I liked it a lot more than, um, True Grit, you know, in terms of a Western. Oh yeah. I, I did not really care for that. Movie. Yeah. You know, I just, I, it, to me, what I like about this, because it's an anthology, it shows you all these aspects of Western life. So you've got the, you know, the, the wagon train on the Oregon trail and you've got the, the gunslinger and you've got the, the, you know, the outlaw, you got the people on a long coach ride. Um, so you just have all of these different aspects of the Western life, but it's, um, it, it's alternately very funny and very dark. Like it's a very, very dark and depressing and then hilarious. And, um, yeah, I just absolutely love it. It's got me on, um, a bit of a Coen brothers kick. Again, you know, so like I, I just, you know, went and picked up a few Coen Brothers movies I didn't have, uh, like A Simple Man that I just absolutely love. Um, so, yeah, definitely Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I highly recommend it. Um, some people think it's terrible. I, you know, think those people are crazy, just crazy. So I highly recommend it. Um, but it is about like two and a half hours long. That seems to be like the magic number lately. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's an anthology with six stories. In well, it. that makes more sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it doesn't feel that bad. But I guess there had been rumors that this was originally supposed to be a series, and uh, the Coen Brothers said no. This is always intended to just be one thing. So that is one thing I would say. I think that there is a definite. Um, I'm sure Netflix of, is like, could you make it a series? Yeah, right. Could yeah, I'm please? sure they were. Yeah, please. Um, but there's a flow to it. I do recommend watching it in one sitting um, because there definitely is an up and down kind of an emotional arc with the entire thing. And that's the way I watched it. It's the way a lot of other people I know have watched it. And I, I would highly recommend that. But yeah, there's segments with um, you know uh, uh, James Franco and Tom Waits. And, um, yeah, I've heard Tom yeah. Waits is really good in it. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um so yeah, and then the other thing is just uh, we were talking about Fathom Events, uh, mm-hmm. and I went to go see this one night only screening of uh, Meow Wolf Origin Story. I heard about that. Yeah, and that was uh... I really liked it. It's it's on um, everything now for like you know whatever like buying digitally. It it released the day after that screening, but it was kind of cool because it was one of those things where it was like playing everywhere at the same time at a bunch of different theaters. And that one actually was, I don't know, probably had like 12 people in it. And there were other ones. I think the one downtown, which is, I think more kind of a meow wolf area, yeah. uh, definitely had more people there. But, um, but yeah, I really liked it. it. It, I was afraid that it would just be this kind of like, 
I don't know, when you know, when you watch special features on a DVD and they're the ones where just everybody's talking about how great the movie is and how amazing everybody involved yeah, is. Yeah, that's always not a good thing. You know, and it's like you you, you always want those documentaries, um, those special features that are on movies that are 20 years old when yeah. everybody can be honest, right? Um, and this is very much more towards that second one. It's, it is kind of a brutally honest. It, it's not just a rosy legend building thing. It does talk about all the you know, the dirtiness of how that whole thing started and just how much infighting there was. Um, but it's it's really cool. And for, you know, for big fans of Meow Wolf, I think it's super awesome because you get to see, um, you know, like glimpses of the ones that aren't even opened yet and just kind of a, a little bit of what their future is. And, uh, and I think even for people that aren't, you know, fans of Meow Wolf, like you'd watch this and go like, first of all, it's a compelling story because it's really what I like is that they don't just sit there talking about like, this is what this art means. Like it's really just telling the story of the people who created this place. And you only get glimpses of the actual Meow Wolf, which is cool because you get to experience that for yourself. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend it for anybody. If you don't know what Meow Wolf is, I think it's a very good documentary, but if you do, like if you've been there, you absolutely should see it. Cause it's a, it's a great companion piece. Yeah. Cool. That's me. Yeah, no, the only other two things I wanted to mention were um, the Orson Welles uh, twofer they just added oh, on yeah. Netflix. They'll um, Love Me When I'm Dead? Is that what it's called? They'll Love Me When I'm Dead right. is a documentary um, that they added, and this actual final movie is The Other Side of the Wind. Now, I've, a few people have been like, what's the best way to approach this if you want to watch the movie? I would say watch They'll Love Me When I'm Dead first. Okay. Because otherwise the other side of the wind won't make any sense to you. Right. Okay. Um, and They'll Love Me When I'm Dead is basically the making of this movie. And it's by the um, same director who did um, the Mr. Rogers documentary. Yeah. Won't You Be My Neighbor? Yes. yes. So he did two awesome documentaries in one year. That's they're, awesome. They're both kind of done the same way. Um well, no, they're, they're different, but basically the, it's kind of done in a way to ape uh, an Orson Welles movie. Alan Cumming is like the narrator of the movie, mm -hmm. and it starts just like any Orson Welles movie. We'll start with a death, and it starts with the death of Orson Welles, and they work their way backwards. And they talk to everybody involved in the making of the movie. The closest thing I can compare this uh, documentary to in a way that'll make you want to watch it is I would put it like, on par or higher than Jodorowsky's Dune. Cool. You know, it's like a movie that you might never, you don't even have to watch the movie. Yeah. Like, you can watch the documentary and appreciate it because I actually think the uh, documentary is better than the movie. Right. You know, but. Or like Lost in La Mancha, you know, which is like a movie we haven't even seen. Yeah. Well, that, that's a movie that will never exist, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. Kind of like Jodorowsky's Dune. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, you're seeing clips of Orson Welles, Peter Bogdanovich. I mean, you get now why he would do this. Actually, it's a good companion piece to Jodorowsky's Dune. Right. Because now you under, like, you know, Jodorowsky, oh, Orson Welles is going to be in this movie. And, like, you get the feeling here. It's like, yeah, Orson Welles would be in anything to get money to mm -hmm. make this movie. And it shows him, like, hosting comedy shows and wow. doing, like, you know, fucking, like, commercials for, like, frozen food. Because there's even, like, you're probably wondering why Orson Welles is hosting a comedy show. <laughs> Right. You know? But no, it's super good. Even if you don't know who Orson Welles is, I totally think you should watch it because it's super weird. Like this movie he wanted to make is basically a reflection of his life and his relationship with Peter Bogdanovich, who's like, you know, basically his like protege. And it's like 
the movie is like his life is like the movie. Uh-huh. You know, and then, like, you know, how he cast John Huston to play the character that he wanted to play, and then, like, through the whole making up, he keeps bitching that he sh- he's, like, the greatest... If, if I die and people think I'm a selfish bastard, look to the fact that I gave John Huston this role because I should be fucking playing it. <laughs> you know? But it's awesome. And awesome. Like, yeah, it's super good. And then the, a- the actual other side of the wind, it's weird because, like, you know, they Netflix gave them the money to finish the movie. But, like, if you watch the documentary, it's the super experimental movie that's shot on different kinds of stock, color, black and white, over the course of, like, like 10 years and then mm-hmm. it took another 10 years to edit it and it's like you watch the documentary it tells you like he went crazy about that and would edit like down to the individual frame wow. so it's super schizophrenic and it's like peter bogdanovich plays like two characters in it but basically there he does a thing where it's like set in the now it's like oh you know like as a narrative device but it's it's two and a half hours long I, you know, I watched it. So is that, are you saying, so The Other Side of the Wind, is that also on Netflix? Yeah, they both are. You can watch the documentary and the movie. Cool. Yeah. Like, The the Other Side of the Wind is two and a half hours long. It is not an easy watch. All right. Yeah, it's, I feel like maybe that should have gone a theatrical thing, because watching it on Netflix is kind of not easy. Yeah. Not easy. Yeah. And that's not, like, a knock. I mean, like. Orson Welles made a lot of cool, like a lot of vital movies. Like yeah. watching experimental movies on a TV is hard. Sometimes. For sure, absolutely. With all the distractions and everything, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. That's it. We watched a lot of stuff, you guys. Yeah. And uh, it's yeah, a, it's our holiday recap. Holiday recap. I wish I had some Which jingle bells to shake right now. Just think to one quick one I wanted to add here, since we're talking about Peter Jackson, is uh, another Fathom event or, or similar is. Uh, December 17th and December 27th, why he couldn't direct Mortal Engines is because he was doing They Shall Not Grow Old, which is his World War One oh, documentary, yeah. hmm. which he colorized original uh, footage and uh, archived. I mean, I guess it took many, many years. I'm actually really? uh, taking my father to see it as we're both uh, history buffs and very excited to see and it. And he but, yeah, actually directed this one? He actually directed yeah, cool. this one, yeah. Cool. He, he did write and produce with Mortal Engines, but yeah, sure. he um, did that. And I did double check just real quick. I don't know why in my head some of his small roles where he acted um, in smaller films or whatever. But it would be if he this four is announced, it would be Heavenly Creatures Dead Alive, Meet the Feebles, and Bad Taste. Okay. This uh, deluxe Blu-ray 4K or whatever. Well, that it'll end sounds up being. great. I yeah. So, that. but that one was an official announcement. So, as yeah. Victor has noted many times on the podcast, the uh, the uh, future of those films was very. Uh, um up in the air yeah and, no and that's that's fantastic so, yeah i've had a lot i had somebody recently asked me where to get dead alive and i was like um you have to search you have to just go searching for that one and then same thing with uh it was interesting also asked about was right about the time the suspiria remake and wanted the original and i said i mean there's a couple different ways you can go with that one as well i said you know just depends on how much you want to pay yeah exactly right which is always which is always fun for sure yeah cool cool so thanks again for joining us a cult following. Uh, yeah. Um, are we going to do that not last little... Uh, oh, sure, sure. Little, for little holiday for recommendation? For the true holiday spirit. Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's let's do a little holiday L- little Little something in your stockings. So I posed to the uh, these fine, fine, jolly gentlemen, the uh, their, their number one pick for a holiday film or a film they watch on the holidays 
that either no one talks about or they think is really underrated. Right. Because I feel like uh, every single time somebody brings up, there's there's got to be somebody who's like, man, I, I, I always like Die Hard. Like, you know, uh, someone right. thinks they're being right. clever or something like that. So. Die Hard. It's not Christmas until Hans Gruber oh, falls God, from Nakatomi God. Tower. I will say when we went to go see Anna and the Apocalypse, <laughs> it's right by Fox Plaza, which right. is Nakatomi yeah. So we drove by and like there's no way to really stop in front, so we just parked illegally in front of it <laughs> and ran out really quick in the middle of the street and took a picture of us going, ah Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's and then awesome. Carl Val Jensen, who now actually is a security guard, came out and was <laughs> right. like for a police officer and right, was right. like Hey Reginald Val Johnson. Reginald, I'm sorry. Thinking of Uncle Carl. I said Uncle Carl, (laughs) didn't I? Yeah. (laughs) But yes, yes, yes. Is he an actual security guard now? No, no? that would be amazing. (laughs) Because I didn't Um, know if it was like one of those like Gary Coleman, you know, Yahoo stories of like the guy who was on the Cosby Show or whatever, like working in a Trader Joe's. Yeah, which everyone was disrespecting him for, and it's like, come on, that's awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, that turns out to be the best thing ever because, like, yeah, first of all, people gotta. I mean, I used to work in a phone room with the guy had a super bowl ring you know like you know things go on you know you have to pay the bills um but yeah reginald vel jensen yes. yeah, yeah johnson yeah. Yeah. yeah um johnson yeah oh, see it's I, for some reason in my head it sounds like uh, mayo's the way i read it on that weird family matter spawn all those years <laughs> right? man yeah all right good stuff um uh, whichever one wants to go ahead first um Keep so yeah i mean ultimately i don't know for mine um, this isn't going to be just a, hey, this is like a dark, dark Christmas movie. This is dark. a culty Christmas movie. This is a movie that's just a genuinely, it's a movie that is a happy Christmas movie. I love to watch this movie on Christmas Eve after I, every single year on Christmas Eve, I was watched Scrooged. Which oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know Scrooge's... is not going to be a surprise to anybody no. listening here. So, we, we um, do that too. Yeah. Scrooged is a great movie specifically on it's uh, something I used to do with my mom mm-hmm. um, as I used to watch Scrooge. The first time I ever saw that was on Christmas Eve in the theaters with her. So that's, of course, always my go to. But the other movie um, that I absolutely love is Mixed Nuts. Yeah, we already watched that for Christmas yeah. this year. Um, and uh, that is a movie that, again, I don't really hear many people talk about. It's a Steve Martin, um, well, I, it's Nora Ephron film, um, but it stars Steve Martin, um, Juliette Lewis. Um, yeah. You know, it's got uh, it has uh, a Lee John Schreiber in it. in it. Leo Schreiber's a right. cross-dresser. Um, uh, Madeline Kahn. Madeline Kahn, yeah. one of her last movies. Yeah, yeah, Rita Gary Wilson. Shandling. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Rob Reiner. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so very good, just kind of like a screwball comedy, um, sort of, you know, it's like a people thrown together on Christmas Eve kind of a deal. Yeah. Um, you know, but this is by Nora Ephron, like, you know, sleepless in Seattle, right? Like, um, you know, but like, so, but Nora Ephron also did some like really good stuff to like, you know, like the, like her punk documentaries and stuff like that that she used to do like when she was a lot younger like she's got a little bit of an edge to her um and i this is a film that has that i mean i i think that it's not just a dumb happy sappy christmas movie but it's it's you know a bunch of dysfunctional people that eventually learn a lesson in the end and it, I, are you, are you thinking, thinking of Pen- Penelope, Penelope Spiris? Oh, am I thinking? Yeah, who did Wayne's work? I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I could have sworn I saw something like Nora hey, Ephron, but I'm cool. gonna I'm gonna get back to you on this one because I was like, seriously, I was like, no, Nora Ephron. 
I'm swear to God. I literally yeah. just typed yeah. in. Nora I might Ephron be wrong. Punk. I might be wrong. No, no, okay. because I was like, you're right. You're right. Civilization. Right. She did that. But okay. the one thing is, is that right, I actually could see. No, it's okay. no, hey, no. I want to say. Like, I like uh, fact checking online. The, no, that I know, thought right, Nora Ephron might have actually done something like I'm that. I swear to God. Because she Because did I know Penelope Spears and I thought I saw Nora Ephron. I might be mixing that up. But I swear to God, if I come back, it's going to be so in The reason, no, I say it's not belaboring it easy there tiger it's the the what i mean is is that a lot of the directors too did music videos right before right. they ever did films anyway so sometimes those are the big ones i think that most of Nora efron's films are just like trash but i really really love mix nuts and um and it's just a movie that is something that it's just like i didn't know about it i think it's great if you haven't seen this movie and a lot of people i talk to are like they've never seen it definitely check it out and, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's a really good Steve Martin comedy. We don't have enough of those really at all anymore. I will say Scrooge is one of my favorite, oh, like yeah. my family's favorite holiday films. And that's something that's really important to me. Like you were talking about with your mother's is that like family. I, I recognize films of all varieties that if I watched them with my family when I was young, even if, you know, now I watch them I'm like, man, this was a horrible movie. But like, because there are some that, right. you know, they don't hold up. 20 30 years oh, later right. but totally. you're like man it, it was great to watch this with my family so how about you victor uh you know my my go-to is always like batman returns i just love that movie you know and it's not just like oh it's it's a christmas movie because it's set on christmas like die hard it like it actually is a christmas movie it has like that nice little coda oh absolutely yeah, yeah totally and yeah, that movie is christmas is all hell yeah like it is so christmasy and that's one of the best things about it you know because you know that obviously tim burton loves christmas yeah you know that's obviously just you know if obviously never before christmas but also uh edward scissorhands like he's all about Mm -hmm. christmas and that just shows in that movie yeah and edward scissorhands is one that people always forget as a christmas movie Mm -hmm. too but like um yeah no the one uh the one we watch every christmas besides that is um uh the rap right yeah, that was actually my pick oh right. yeah we'll talk about it then. oh no 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 no, 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 no. no it's just um like one of those ones Great that one. is another family film we rented it by chance i don't think actually during the holidays but right. now it's literally one of, every holiday the chance we get to watch it we watch it one it, of of two of the only two good <laughs> dennis leary movies besides demolition man oh i thought you were going with two if i see you seem to be uh, that kind of sandra bullock super <laughs> hey, speaking uh, of uh, demolition man judgment night step uh, off okay yeah judgment night well you're not the only one but judgment night's awesome yeah it is a good movie yeah there, there was a great spot of those that that time trespass yeah the, the the era of new jack city there were so many good ones yeah right. but yeah i just genuinely think that is like one of the darkest comedies but is such a universal truth of families and of people in general that i just a- absolutely love it and the 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 final breakdown um with the the mother and the family it, it's a basically about a family that's held hostage that by, movie is the only reason yeah. christine baranski still has a movie career that's true we watched bad mom's christmas like the only reason she's in this is because of the rap. <laughs> yeah well, well she's been well she's in the grinch too she was in a lot of christmas yeah. Movies, yeah. now that i think totally. about it yeah but um yeah i don't know what are your you know i mean no, but special. yeah batman returns is always you batman know returns is, is so and here's good. the thing dude people are always talking oh the god the Zack snyder batman is so violent dude Batman gleefully kills people in Batman oh, Returns yeah. like nothing. He, you know, he's fighting the dude from um, over the top. 
Yeah, and he's like, you can't hurt him. me. And he's like, yeah. He puts a bomb yeah. on him, yeah. kicks him down the down a sewer, and laughs right. when he explodes. Yeah, he's like, I just, he sets a devil sets guy on fire. fire. I know. <laughs> he's like, I'm just gonna bring you alive. And then, and then what I love about it is how it has <laughs> Pat Higgle in it. His one of his only lines in that movie is like, "Thanks for saving the day, Batman." <laughs> right. Yeah. So I just killed like thirty people. Oh god. <laughs> I gotta say, watching that again for the first time in a while. Not is an incredible film. I actually like it a lot more than the original. But oh the, yeah, uh, no, it's it, but the uh, the it, part and I, do like I love them both. Like, no, it's a total yeah. example of a one for you, one for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because yeah, yeah. like you could tell, Batman, the original Batman, is very much like WB. Oh, we need Prince in here, right? We need Jack, you know, yeah. And then like, oh, you did so good. Do Dude. whatever you Dude. want. Oh, yeah. really? And then it's like, right, right. yeah, this is why we had the Joel Schumacher. Because like oh McDonald's is like we can't sponsor a movie that has like S and M. Guys, I used yeah. to be so into Batman Returns. Like, I mean, like it used to be a ho- June nineteenth used to be a holiday yeah. for me. I would call it Batman Returns Day because of how much I counted down to Batman Returns coming out. Um, and it was one of those things where, and this was like way before I knew. I mean, I was in probably. In 92, I would have been, you know, probably either an eighth grade or freshman. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't know about things like press screenings. I was so far away from that sort of thing. Yeah. So the way you got your advanced movie screens is from the radio. And they had this thing where it's like, you know, we give tickets to, to go see Batman Returns if you're the fifth caller. And I called and I got those tickets to see Batman Returns. And I was so, so happy. And it was at the Seneca Pre. And it was like one of the happy. And we saw it on the Wednesday before the Friday it came out. Oh, nice. You know, it was like, but that was like the the most amazing thing ever for eighth grade me and one of the coolest things i remember about batman returns is that i saw the trailer and the poster the same day i didn't even know the movie was being made because it was at a time that like you could not know things like that you know and that was the coolest thing because i obviously loved batman and here i am like 12 years old and i go to see a movie I think it was maybe Lethal Weapon 3. And I'm like, what? Batman Returns? This is incredible. No, I remember, like, back in the day, like, the, like I think it was, like, CBS showed Batman. They were showing on a Saturday uh-huh. at 8. And it's like, watch this, the network television premiere of Batman. And we'll debut the yes. trailer for literally. It was on Entertainment Tonight. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I recorded it on VHS. Yeah. And I watched it over and over again. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, literally, like, yeah. I, I, like we're watching it. It's like. You know, like, oh, go, are you going to use the bathroom? No, 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 they might play the, the commercial. Right. Break. And then it's like, da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da. Yeah, yeah. They had, like, a scene. <laughs> they, they showed a scene on, it was, like, I think it was on Entertainment Tonight. They showed a quick scene, and we, like, we had it memorized. Yeah. It's, like, admiring your handiwork. <laughs> you know, he's, like, you know. Surveying the damage. <laughs> yeah. You know, mayor type stuff. You're all, not the all, mayor. All I gotta say. No, the one they yeah. played during the screening of Batman on CBS, it was the um, they're in the party, uh-huh. and then it's like the the duck comes up. Yeah, you didn't invite me, so I crashed. Right. So the 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 funny thing is that in the trailer he says that. Yeah. But in the movie he says, "So I came anyway." Yeah. And it's one of those first moments where I was like, "Wait a minute, that's different." Yeah. Because in literally in so I crashed is such a better line yeah. in my opinion, but he doesn't say that in the movie. He says, "But I came anyway." So yeah. yeah, no. And Batman Returns is one of those movies where when you watch it as an adult, you're like, 
holy fuck. Like, because oh, yeah. you get everything now that went oh, yeah. over your head. Because, like, literally, like, a good 60% of that movie is, like, written for adults. And they're, like, taking their kids to it and, like, they're probably, like, groping them. Yeah, I'm like, right. what? <laughs> you know, I mean, just like, there's so right. much of that in this movie. Da- like, Danny DeVito's portrayal of Roger Ailes. But literally, the part where he bites the nose. I even remember as a kid, uh-huh. like, could be I was worse. Like, oh. My nose could be gushing blood. But, yeah. <laughs> but when he does that in the movie, I'm like, damn, that is really intense. Right. Like, that's, that's like out of Dude, a, I'm a grindhouse that movie. movie. That movie was like, what, PG? PG 13. Yeah. That still should have been an R rated movie. Yeah. Like, they got around it by do- giving the penguin black blood. Because right. he randomly yeah. starts bleeding yeah. from the mouth and yeah. nose. And yeah. It's like, too warm. Yeah. And then, like, God, there's just so <laughs> much so shit weird. in that movie that's like, <laughs> fucking strange and it's like and it's awesome i mean i get it you know but like yeah like the red triangle gang that like kidnaps children right. like yeah what do you think they do with them it's like one of my favorite lines in that movie is like it's like they have like when it's like um they're all crowding around oswald cobblepot to like ask him questions like it's like he was the he was the ugly duckling that turned into a swan and somebody goes no more like a penguin yeah <laughs> No, and this is it, it's true though. When you rewatch, because I've seen this movie like dozens of times. Oh yeah, oh, me fuck, too. Probably more oh, than yeah. that. Oh, like yeah. even the even the ten eighty. This was not a movie that like anticipated the ten eighty p era because uh-huh. like when he goes visit his parents, like he gets up and does a little penguin thing with the umbrella. And right. He hits one of the graves and the grave starts going I know. back and it's forth. So good. That's yeah. probably it's one of my favorite Danny Elfman scores too. Is oh, that oh, part yeah. in the graveyard? Yeah, it's so because it goes from the from right when he's like looking at all the records and then right into the grave. Dun, 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 yeah, dun, dun, dun. so good, so good. Oh yeah, and the fact that like there's goth shit all over this movie, like oh yeah, on the down, like all the people who are waiting for him at the graveyard. You look at the like all it's all these goth people, or the fact that like the song that's the the ballroom song at the party. It's like yeah, Susie, Susie and the Banshees. Banshees. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All that's right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not cast. it's not hard not to expect with Tim Burton, but I, you know, it's very funny. One of the ones I've really compared it to now, though, is you got it. There is no way that the crow could have ever been to me. Yeah. Because I feel so much like, like I guarantee that was in the pitch. Like, oh yeah. Oh, we have this graphic novel. You know, we're gonna give because comic book movies. You know this. Batman was the the the, the landmark. Tim Burton opened a lot of doors. Superman, I think I think but... you could you could make the argument that without you know Edward Scissorhands and Batman Returns, we wouldn't have the Matrix. I mean, I oh, think yeah. that he opened a lot no, of it, doors. Oh yeah, to that aesthetic whole thing. for sure. Right. Yeah, but I just think that a lot they were like, oh, this is gonna go great. This is gonna people are really gonna enjoy this one. And it's like you know, look at look at Batman Returns. I yep. do it, think it's great. My, like probably one of my favorite movies of the nineties. Oh sure. yeah, without a doubt, oh, it's, it's one great. of those ones that just really. The nineties um, is a very good decade. Though. Yeah, as we're gonna learn as we start plumbing the depths, the depths and of, you know, because we, yeah. we will. Um, the nineties is very good. But I, yeah, that's one thing though that um, I, I think uh, more and more though it's um, you know wrapping it up on the holiday thing is is that people are going well you know they'll, they'll definitely consider something like Batman Returns or whatever you know and it's everyone kind of nods because they realize it. But it's so funny now that I was realizing, I totally thought of you, Josh, because I was like, 
I pulled the list up, and one of the first things on it was like, you know, like unorthodox Christmas movies mm-hmm. was L.A. Confidential, oh, and I'm like, yeah, that is beginning, though. yeah, and I'm going, wow, you guys are really stretching. <laughs> yeah, that's it a here. real stretch, like, like trying to trying to the yeah. first twenty minutes of L.A. Confidential. Yeah, I was like, man, but um, to me, like a Christmas movie needs to like take place entirely for the most part, like during Christmas. True, you know. Um, and I did want to throw out one more here since we all had a couple, but I just want to say last year, I, I not perfect in any way, um, but I, I did enjoy it a lot. I'm always, I did a list a few years ago of Christmas horror movies. Mm-hmm. If you always want to know about my ho- favorite holiday horror films, which I do love, um, I do want to say I really enjoyed Better Watch Out and I'd highly recommend it if you get a chance to, to see that. it. Um, like, yeah, it, it's cool. really well done. Um, right. and a lot of fun. I'd say that in the, it, though not a holiday movie per se. If you like the babysitter on Netflix, it, you'll really like, okay. uh, better, uh, better watch out. Nice. Yep. So there's some good stuff. All right. Cool, so cool. happy holidays to all of you. Yeah, exactly. Um, you say this is going to get posted real soon. Yeah. Then, um, go ahead and, uh, show for that VHS thing. I'm excited for that. Oh, yes, oh. please. Yeah, once well, on Monday we're gonna do a VHS swap at Video Vortex the seventeenth. Um, yeah, if you hear this early enough, we're still looking for vendors. So yeah, if you have analog collectibles, laser discs, videotapes, hit me up. Show up! I'm showing up with money. I'm showing up with money. You will have some of my money. What time is it gonna I run till? Uh, it's from six. It's gonna be from six thirty to like seven thirty, I think. Oh no, six thirty to eight. 30. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And this is at uh, Tempe? Yeah, Alamo Draft House Tempe. Perfect. 6.30 to 8.30. So yeah. two whole hours. So lots of time to shop. That's exciting. All right. Yeah, anyway. Sure. And then afterwards? Afterwards, uh, we were showing uh, at 9. It's um, Satan Claus is coming to town? Satan Claus is coming to town. Nice. Which looks amazingly amazing. Now, is this like a like a compilation thing? Like no, a, I think okay. this is an actual movie. Okay. So All right. It looks All pretty right. awesome. All right. All right. So, yeah. Until next time, folks, join us at Cult Following and Victor Moreno along with Kirby Nelson. You know what, Mom? You know what I'm going to get you next Christmas? A big wooden cross. So every time you feel unappreciated for all your sacrifices, (laughs) you can climb up and nail yourself to it. (laughs) Uh, And Joshua T. Ruth. Peace on Earth and goodwill towards men and and women. women. See you, folks. I need to.